The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the most nutritious hour of business talk all week. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. Your host and moderator is Bonnie D. Graham. You'll hear from the innovators who have learned to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo and help move today's businesses in new directions. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. Attention retailers, we know it's tougher than ever for you to turn prospects and customers into loyal evangelists for your brand. You know what that means. There are so many challenges today, online and brick and mortar. Well, where are you going to sell to them? Global competition, supply chain issues, social media is giving consumers a platform. They can praise you to the skies or demean you down into the depths. Today, we will meet five experts who understand your world. Let me tell you a little bit about them. Christine. B. Whittemore from Simple Marketing Now says the winners in retail today are the retailers who understand that the customer calls the shots. Few retailers can compete strictly on price. Words to the wise. We'll be speaking with Christine in just a minute. Brian Kilcourse from Retail Systems Research says, and I quote, Retailers have a big opportunity to redefine the in-store experience by making it a part of the world that today's consumers operate in. A lot to talk to Brian about in a few minutes. Lisa Joy Rosner from NetBase, welcome. And she says, where business intelligence provides the rearview mirror to what has happened, social intelligence is what's happening right now. C2B, those of you who don't know what that is, customer to business, is the new world order. We'll be speaking with Lisa Joy. Mark Johnson, we have a huge panel today. Mark Johnson from Loyalty 360 says, why is it so hard to listen to our customers when we heard what they said? We'll talk about that. Maybe it's a tautology. Maybe it's just rhetorical. Mark will explain. And John Werfel coming back on the show from SAP says, this is an interesting one. If word of mouth remains the most powerful marketing influence, do shoppers with large social networks and maybe loudmouth friends make better purchasing decisions? I think John will have to explain that one to us. So join us for the next hour and hear their game-changing insights that can benefit you and your customers. Welcome, Coffee Break with Game Changer listeners. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, so happy to be here today. And let me introduce my guests. They'll get to say hello at this point in time. I'll tell you a little bit about them. Christine B. Whittemore, Chief Simplifier of Simple Marketing Now LLC. I want her title. It's an inbound marketing strategy consultancy that helps organizations get found online using social media and content marketing. Christine established her marketing blog, Flooring the Consumer, about the retail experience and marketing to women way back in June 2006. A quick hello. Hi, Christine. How are you today? Hello, Bonnie. Doing great, thanks. 
Wonderful. I, I've got to take that title from you. I don't know. Something about Chief Simplifier. I've never heard it, but it's going on my next business card. And now Brian Kilcourse, Managing Partner at Retail Systems Research, LLC, known as RSR Research. Brian is recognized as one of the top retail technology leaders in the United States. That's a very big title. His company focuses on delivering research, strategies, and knowledge for the extended retail industry. Welcome, Brian, and how are you today? I'm doing great, Bonnie, and glad to be here. And I want a fancy title like that, too, so we're going to work on that. <laughs> we're going to just give out titles before the end of the show. Let's go to Lisa Joy Rosner. She's got a more normal title, but it's a big one. She's Chief Marketing Officer, CMO at Social Intelligence Company, NetBase. And before that, she spent 10 years working in e-commerce, which is why she's here. Good morning and welcome, Lisa Joy. How are you today? Fantastic. Thank you for having me today, Bonnie. Wonderful. We're delighted to have you. Mark Johnson, I met you at Sapphire on a remote interview. Mark is the president and CEO of Loyalty 360, committed to bringing loyalty, big important word for us today, to the forefront as a critical marketing strategy. How? By creating an unbiased, market-driven clearinghouse and think tank that allows users and loyalty providers to interact and collaborate. Welcome, Mark. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you very much. Wonderful. Delighted. We're going to find all about three, Loyalty 360 in a minute. And John Werfel, my friend, has been on the show before. He is a retail solution principal at SAP. John helps retailers manage the most valuable asset of their business, their shoppers. That kind of says it all. Welcome, John. How are you? Good morning. I'm well. Thank you, Bonnie. Good Oh, you're booming. That's great. Now, let's go back into the quotes. I'm going to give you each. We have a packed house today. I'm going to give you each about a minute to tell me what you meant. Christine Whittemore, the winners in retail today are retailers who understand that the customer calls the shots. Few can compete on price. Talk to me, Christine. Yes. Um, uh, price is just an impossible game to win at, and uh, that's where the web has really uh, made it even more um, uh, real, uh, an impossibility. Um, and what it means is that the retail experience is where retailers can make a difference. And the beauty about the retail experience is that it allows you to really um, walk in your customers' shoes and understand what their pain points are, what it is that they're frustrated about, what, um, uh, what they find difficult to understand. You can help simplify their world, take complexity out of the various decision-making processes. And all of that indicates tremendous respect for the customer, um, mm-hmm. passion for getting it right for them, um, and a, an awareness of the value that you're able to offer um, customers. It also means not forcing yourself on them, and that's, that's, those are bad habits that uh, retailers have had is, is force-feeding messages uh, onto customers, and that does nothing for making a memorable customer experience. Very interesting. And you said a key word in there, Christine. You said respect for the customer. I'm not sure the last time I actually experienced respect as a customer. We're going to talk about that more. Thanks for your quote. And let's move to Brian Kilcourse from Retail Systems Research. You said retailers have a big opportunity to redefine the in-store experience by making it a part of the world that today's consumers operate in. Talk to me, Brian. What do you mean that the world they operated in versus the in-store experience? How do they do that? Well, you know, retail business models were built around the, an assumption that consumers would investigate and they'd select and they'd pay for and they'd take possession of their products in purely in the physical domain. But when you think about what we do nowadays as consumers, we investigate products, sometimes select and sometimes even pay for those things in the digital domain, even if we fully intend to, to take fulfillment of it in, in a physical way by going to a store. 
Mm-hmm. And and retailers really were caught off guard by this, although the warning signs have been out there for now for about 15 years. It was really the the, the stunning adoption of smart mobile technologies that pushed retailers to recognize that consumers are using this information in the digital domain to make smarter decisions that, about products that are relevant to their lifestyle. And so the retailer's big opportunity, of course, is to, to harmonize those digital and physical selling environments into one new environment that, mm-hmm. that closely mimics the way people really live. Um, at the end of the long day, of course, we consume products, and those are physical. They're made out of carbon. But uh, we, the way we come to those decisions is by looking at bits. And retailers are, are, are starting to recognize that and change their physical environments to accommodate those new behaviors. Very interesting. And we will be talking about the social behaviors later in the show, the online shopping experience, which has to impact people's expectations, the time frame, the, the, the whole definition of customer service online when you're at the mercy of, a, of the speed of a connection, basically, and of, of all kinds of systems and not a person-to-person, face-to-face experience. Thank you, Brian. Let's talk to Lisa Joy Rosner. Lisa, you said where business intelligence provides the rearview mirror to what has happened, meaning the past, social intelligence is what's happening now. Customer to business C to B is the new world order. Tell me more. Thank you. So, yes, the model has flipped. And uh, I want to connect back to something Christine said about force-feeding the message to consumers, and that's not really happening anymore. Let me, let me raise one very simple example. Gap came out with a new logo. Customers on social went crazy and said, I hate it, send it back, and what happened? Within 72 hours, the old logo came back. That's one very simple example. There are many like that. And so, yes, the the customer, the consumer, is now in charge of their relationship. Christine also talked about passion. And when, when our customers take to the social channel, it's when they're feeling impassioned. They are in love or they are livid, and they are now taking control of the relationship with their retailers and saying, this is how I want to be served, when it's something as as um, fundamental as the logo to customer service to assortment and everything across the board. Thank you. I love the love it or livid. That's perfect. Just perfect. Alliteration rocks. Mark Johnson, Loyalty 360, said, why is it so hard to listen to our customers when we heard what they said? Talk to me, Mark. What do you mean? One minute. Well, I think we've all kind of touched on this. There's a, a paradigm shift that everyone is cognizant that is going on. Consumers have more power, but in order for consumers to really have more power and brands to take advantage of that, they need to be more actively and proactively listen. They hear what the customers are saying. Gap heard the resonance of the disdain for the new logo. But if they were listening, they could have been proactive in engaging the consumer to make the changes before, a priori, before they put out a logo that wasn't responded to well. Customers want to be listened to. They want to engage with a limited number of brands. But brands struggle with that. It's still a very top-down, autocratic marketing environment we live in. We can hear... And we can respond to after we make a mistake. But getting customers involved and actively and truly listening is still very challenging for brands to do. 
We used to call them focus groups. Remember, you get a bunch of people into a room in a hotel or a conference center. You'd feed them lunch. You'd give them a presentation, not quite tell them what they were looking at, and try to get their feedback. We'll talk more about whether that's still one of the tools that retailers use. John Werfel from SAP, you're going to help us close this segment. You said if word of mouth, this is fun, if word of mouth remains the most powerful marketing influence, and we know there's so much of it with social today, John, do shoppers with large social networks and maybe loud mouth friends make better purchasing decisions. What do you find, John? Um, I think that the point I was trying to make here is that we see an an amazing amount of influence that social media is giving to shoppers in their day-to-day purchases. And in that regard, retailers must understand them and work with that information. There was a time when retailers could opt out of being shopper-centric. I don't think they have that luxury anymore. They've got to listen. And And at the same time, I don't know that shoppers are making better decisions. I think they're making decisions influenced by their friends. It still remains to be seen whether they're better decisions. Very, very good. Okay, I think we're going to get ready to go out. I'm going to tell my guests to get ready to talk about what you're drinking on Coffee Break today. The name of the show is Coffee Break with Game Changers. You are all game changers. I want you to think, even if it's not what's really in your cup, what do you want us to think about that you are drinking? What would be a great retail experience that you're having with some kind of a name brand? It could be absolutely anything. I'm speaking today with a great panel. Anybody in retail, even if you're just just a consumer, in quotes, just a consumer. You rock the world. You know that. I'm speaking with Christine B. Whittemore, Chief Simplifier of Simple Marketing Now, Brian Kilcourse, Managing Partner at Retail Systems Research, Lisa Joy Rosner, Chief Marketing Officer at NetBase, Mark Johnson at Loyalty360, and John Werfel at SAP. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Don't even think of touching that dial. We'll be right back. Tweet us at pound sign SAP Radio and tell us what you're drinking today. Over and out, Brad. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com we hear it and read about it every day in the news stock prices plunging home prices receding and unemployment growing how can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy tune in to turning hard times into good times with host jay taylor Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Is marketing making us ill? And if it is, how can we heal humanity and the planet by changing the way we sell? This is Lynn Serafin inviting you to join me and a great lineup of thought leaders in business, media, and marketing on The Seven Graces of Marketing, Mondays at 6 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. 
So let the dialogue begin. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. To speak with Bonnie D. Graham and her guests, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag, pound sign, S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. And here we are, and it's time for Coffee Break. Let's start off with the lovely Christine B. Whittemore. What drinkest thou today, Christine? Ah, uh, it's a venti non-fat latte, ideally from Starbucks, but if it can't be from Starbucks, I'll make it myself via French press, very hot milk, and either Trader Joe's or Wegmans Colombian roast coffee. And what I aspire to is recreating one of those Ally McBeal latte moments. <laughs> That's going back in time. How many brands did you just hit, Christine? I think I heard four, maybe five in there. That was great. Let's turn to Brian Kilcourse, RSR. What are you drinking today, Brian? I am drinking Pete's Espresso Forte, unadorned by any other foreign substances. <laughs> wow, we got a purist among us there. This is great. Lisa Joy Rosner, what are you drinking today? What's everybody drinking at NetBase? Well, you know... So first of all, Brian, I do want to comment on something you said. I, I too, am a peatnik, and I'm kind of surprised that they just got taken private. And little-known fact about Lisa Joy is that I actually worked on their IPO presentation about 15 years ago. But what am I drinking today? My coffee yes. is actually tea, and Ooh. it's this fabulous tea. Um, it's 100% white tea from the Republic of Tea, and it is coconut. So I've got a little island theme going this morning. Very nice. Coconut tea, that's a new one for me. I'll have to look for that. I'm a tea drinker as well. Mark Johnson, Loyalty 360. Where's your loyalty in your coffee cup today, Mark? As we have talked before, I'm a Midwestern uh, cowboy at heart, so I have a uh, iced tea, Lipton, and uh, I have a little lemonade in for a uh, baseline Arnold Palmer, but very simple. Midwest. (laughs) Wow, I love it. I'm not sure exactly what you said, but I want some. Okay. And John Werfel, SAP, what are you drinking today, John? Well, well, Bonnie, today I'm traveling, so I have my travel tea with me, and I always drink Mighty Leaf Green Tea Tropical. It's a great baseline green tea with pineapple in it. Wonderful. And I have a couple of notes here. Let's see. Patrick is starting the morning with a cup of Fireman's Brew Dark Roast with a dash of coconut oil. Hey, we have a coconut theme going today. And Malcolm is having, of course, Equator Coffee's Organic Sumatra from Gayo Mountain, earthy with teak, cedar, and cherry. Sounds to me like they're building a table. I'm not quite so sure that's, yes, that's coffee, but that's the way it goes. So it's time to start our roundtable, and I know our guests are, I won't say foaming at the mouth, they're ready and waiting. Lisa Joy is going to kick us off with a personal experience story, and then we'll go from there. Lisa Joy Rosner, talk to me. Hi, Bonnie. So I have a a story that I wanted to share with everyone. Uh, It happened about a year ago where I had found the perfect birthday gift for my daughter, and it was available only online at Target. Three-year-old child, birthday was coming, only online. And the website was down. 
and it was down. Every time I went to make this purchase, it was down. Now, Uh-oh. I'm in social media. I said, hmm, let me check to see if they're paying attention. And we talked earlier, I think it was Brian who talked about the need to understand. So I tweeted at, twi- at Target and said, at Target, must buy gift for daughter website down. Mm-hmm. And you wouldn't believe it. Within less than a minute, I get an email back from them, website's up, try it right now. Wow. Went back, website was still down. Tweeted at them again. Nope, still down. <laughs> Within sub 30 seconds, I get back an email. Here's a phone number. Here's a reference number. Call it. Picked up the phone, called it. They took my order, and what did they do? They shipped it overnight for free. Birthday present, you know, dilemma solved. But I want to talk about what was happening behind the scenes. They went and probably understood how influential is this person who's having this problem. Go to my mm-hmm. Twitter handle and you'll see my cloud score not that high, but thank God it's older than I am. But mm-hmm. my Twitter description says, Mamaholic, four kids in four years, workaholic, CMO at NetBase. And they said, hmm, don't want to piss a mother with four off. When she's trying to buy a birthday present, we know, you know, 15 people, you piss off a customer, they'll tell 100. So they were paying attention, and they understood the urgency. They understood who was having a problem, and they solved it immediately. And so now, as a happy consumer, I'm not telling 10 people. How many people are we talking to today, Bonnie? Mm, well, eventually, the show is going to be heard by upwards of 25,000 people in the next couple of weeks, Lisa Joy. And now all 25,000 of you know that that Target pays attention and they engage and they respond and they solve customer problems with sub-second response time. That's the new world order. What's happening right now and how can I deliver the ultimate customer service? Absolutely correct. And I want, Christine, I wanted you to jump in on this because you sent me a note. You said customer is in control of the retail experience. You talk about fighting showrooming. What do you mean by showrooming? Jump in here, Christine. Okay. Before, before I do that, um, yes. Lisa Joy, I thought you made a fascinating um, uh, observation in how Twitter response was combined with phone response. And what people forget is that the phone is a very powerful tool, particularly for taking care of those one-on-one situations. And uh, someone I respect tremendously in the retail world is Tony Shea from Zappos, who considers the phone to be the first social tool. And as immersed as Zappos is online and through social, they will direct people back to the phone. And, in fact, their website in their metadata, they include the 800 number in their metadata. That's how important the phone is. But um, getting to showrooming, showrooming Mm -hmm. is um, uh, fascinating because uh, what it does is it brings into the physical environment our digital tools and the, the virtual world. So as more and more of us walk around with these mini, mini computers known as smartphones, there's mm-hmm. more that we're able to do. And we're able to take photos, we're able to do research, we're able to do competitive research right there in the midst of um, the, the, uh, the, the moment, the uh, first moment of truth where a person can actually make a decision. And many retailers are quite angered by this. In fact, um, uh, I got started blogging about this as a result of some LinkedIn uh, group discussions where there were irate retailers saying how dare customers come in and use their phone to talk to people. 
Now, we, we do this. This is a part of how we get our information. It's part of how we educate ourselves. We simplify the purchase process. And, yes, it may, be, uh, it may make us unhappy, but it can also be a way to innovate our business practices. Um, and there are um, many retailers who are taking this as a way to innovate. Um, uh, look, for example, at um, what IKEA does. IKEA has created a very engaging, complex retail experience that just draws you in, and you stay there for hours. That's right. Um, using your smartphone is almost irrelevant because you're immersed in a physical experience, and that is the biggest difference that the brick-and-mortar retail experience offers. It's something that can't be done online. It's physical. It engages the senses. It engages every aspect of you. It's very social because you often want to do it with other people. That's right, and I'm thinking of Ikea. I haven't been there in years, but I know once you enter that domain, that world, past the big bouncing balloons in the entry, you go upstairs, you're following arrows on floors, rooms go to rooms, go to rooms. You have no idea where you are. You may as well just enjoy it for a couple of hours. And I agree very – go ahead. Sorry, you're afraid you'll miss something if you take the shortcuts, and you're definitely going to do lunch so that you have sustenance for more. Well, it's that damn cinnamon. It just gets you every time. It just it just wafts up the floors, and you have to go get one of those cinnamon buns. Let's talk to Brian, Brian Kilcourse. You talked to me about an omni-channel world where consumers want to buy anywhere, get anywhere. We are demanding, aren't we, as consumers? We just want it when we want it, where we want it, how we want it, in the size, the color, the shape, delivered like Lisa Joy. I need it tomorrow. So how do you see that as an omni-channel world in terms of the challenges for a retailer to overcome? Well, yeah, and it kind of, get, kind of gets back to what I said earlier, but it's, it was exemplified by the conversation you just had. Um, mm-hmm. When you think about how we shop, we, we, we want to know about the products that we're, we're buying to put them into the context of our lifestyle problem. And so what we need is we need content, of course. We need to understand about the product that we're about to purchase. And another really big aspect of it is the community. What other people who have solved a similar lifestyle problem um, think about the products that we're, we're thinking about selecting. So there's the context, there's the content, and there's the community. Mm-hmm. And then finally, of course, there's the commerce. Retailers traditionally have focused on the commerce part. When you think about what they do is they're really good at, at, at putting position or positioning product out there so that you can see it. Essentially, you get visual content. Um, you make your selections based on what you see, and then you exchange money for goods. But the other, the other parts of it are being, are being left, um, if you will, unattended. The content about the product and the community opinion about that product that you're about to serve. Um, when we talk about omnichannel, we talk about consumers using non-store or non-traditional channels in order to, 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 to define the product within the context of a lifestyle challenge by looking at the content that, that helps make that decision and looking at what the community has to say about it. Now, the interesting thing about this is that to the extent that information about a product, for example, the content about a product and what the community thinks about a product, the extent to which that can be separated from the product itself determines how much showrooming is going to happen. So the obvious Mm -hmm. example I I can think of is what's happening to Best Buy right now. You really don't need to go into a Best Buy store to to choose a DVR. It's it's not necessary. What Mm -hmm. you do, what I do, 
probably the world's worst shopper on Amazon or Best Buy, is I go onto Amazon and I read all the specs. I get a sense of the comparative prices, which Amazon provides. And then what I do is I look at what people have to say about a particular product. Then if I want it now, I might go to Best Buy or Fry's. But chances are very good that I'll just say, oh, I'll just order it from Amazon and I'll get it that way. Mm -hmm. there's, a different, there's a different take when you think about things that were the products that uh, can't be separated very easily from the information about the products. And my favorite example is fashion. The, the important piece of information that people need to have about fashion is how does this make me look? You can look at it on the catalog, you can get online, you can look at community opinions about it, but sooner or later you're going to go to a store to try it on. That's so right. the, the, the opportunity for retailers are selling those kinds of products, products where information about the product isn't easily separated from the product. Um, their opportunity is to bring that content and community into the store in a way where they have some, uh, if you will, some uh, influence over how it's used. The point is that consumers are going to look at that content and they're going to look at community opinion whether or not the retailer has anything to do with it. They can't wrap their stores in tin foil. And, and so, so the best thing is not to resist it but to embrace it. There you go. You know what? We're almost at the end of this segment, and we haven't gotten yet to Mark Johnson and John Werfel, so we're going to open after the break with Mark talking about the big L word today, Mark, loyalty, and that's the name of your company, Loyalty360. And then we're going to bring in John Werfel talking about his point of view as a retail solution principal at SAP in terms of how does all this technology come together to help retailers do it better. And a quick note, Margot says she's a peatnik too, but today she's drinking homemade Nespresso Descafeinato Lungo. We love Margot. She's tweeting for us as well. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers. We have a packed house of very smart people. You're not going to want to touch that mouse or that dial. Come back and listen to a lot more on retailers we love to love. We'll be right back. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Are you tired of the government squandering your tax dollars on bailouts and overpaid bureaucrats? On Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Mike Beitler and his guests explain why big government regulations are the problem and innovative businesses and free markets are the solution. Listen to Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Thursday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Network. Tune in for What About Wealth every week to learn the vital answers to your questions about creating wealth, investing it, donating it, and protecting it. Your hosts are Rich Bloomfield and Rick Durfee, who explain the principles that govern wealth in terms you can understand. Building and preserving positive wealth requires correct action, but few people know how wealth really works. Listen every Tuesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel and find the answers you need about wealth. 
The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com Voice America Business Network The bottom line in business You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers presented by SAP to speak with Bonnie D. Graham and her guests, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag, pound sign, S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers back and we're going to talk to Mark Johnson on our panel today. He's president and CEO of Loyalty 360. Mark, I can't see you, but I can visualize the big L on the front and back of your sweatshirt. Talk to me. Loyalty, how does that play into the context of what we're discussing today? Retailers we love to love. Where does the L come in? Well, I think at the end of the day, we are, as we've all talked about, in a very unique time. It's probably the most challenging, but yes, most opportune time to be a marketer. Loyalty mm-hmm. has been traditionally, you look at the American Airlines program, you look at Best Buy Reward Zone program, it's been traditionally focused on points, but loyalty at the end of the day should always be about behavior. How do you create sustainable behavioral change within your core audience? And Loyalty 360 is an association focused on loyalty. We have brands, we have sponsors, we're doing a bunch of research, and what we're trying to do is create a very unique consortium that allows organizations to understand loyalty. So everything we're talking about the end game is loyalty. You want a loyal and engaged customer. You want a customer mm-hmm. that's willing to pay more for a service. They're not capricious. They understand the value proposition of your brand. And being able to engage in a communication process from when you acquire them throughout the life cycle based on expectation and understanding that will create a loyal and engaged customer. Brands want to get to that stage. They struggle with it. But the idea of having a truly loyal and engaged customer is something that brands want, and we're seeing a great shift towards getting to that understanding. There's a realization that individuals want to engage, they want to communicate, but they want to be responded to in a way and through the channel and in a timely manner that is based on what their expectations are. It's very challenging, but at the end of the day, if you get a loyal customer, the the value is uh, innumerable. Mark, I I have a question for you. Uh, This is Bonnie, obviously. In terms of social media, we talked about it's a platform, we, we love you or we're livid about you. I think Lisa Joy said that, and I love there are a couple more L words. So, Mark, let's say somebody is a loyal fan of a brand. They shop their brick and mortar, they're online, they're talking about it to their friends, and they're new to social media. Is there a, a reluctance factor or, a, or a, let's say, an SM quotient, an SM, social media IQ, that would make this person more inclined to shout from the rooftops on Twitter, Facebook, wherever, about the brand. And the flip side, once the brand disappoints that person and they've already become a loyal fan, what are the chances that person will be reluctant 
to be livid on a social platform. Any experience or research with that, Mark? Yeah, and we're actually doing a number of different studies right now on that. I think customers who are more loyal are the ones that are going to tell both sides of the story. They will tell situations ah. where they had great experiences, but there is, there is a, a sort of quotient of, of value that an individual has. I, I fly a certain airline. I had a monumental, horrible experience on Monday with four children. A six-hour travel ended up being 15, 16. I vented. Ooh. I've had my discussion with them, and they, they try to make it right. So, But at the end of the day, there is a certain amount of loyalty I have to this particular airline and particular retailers, and I will tell the good as well as the bad. And I think brands have to realize if there is a situation for a win back, if you can engage that individual and make it right, you will create brand advocacy that is immeasurable. But brands realize, or sometimes they believe, that if I have a challenging experience, I'm just going to let it go, and I'm going to try mm-hmm. to kind of placate them at a later point. But if you engage and have an effective win back, the brand value, brand equity you'll create and the loyalty quotient that, that will increase is immeasurable. And brands still, they struggle with, with win backs. They struggle with situations where they've had a challenging sure. opportunity, uh, an opportunity to rectify. But those are, the, those, are the, those, are those, those opportune moments where brands have the opportunity to shine. And Lisa Joy gave us a great example. I want to bring in John Werfel here. John, uh, Retail Solution Principal at SAP. You talk about helping retailers manage their shoppers, shoppers, shoppers. That's where the money is. We can call it consumer, customer, prospect. Shopping is the thing we call it. That's what we do. And you, uh, you sent me a quote. You said, hey, Mr. Retailer, now that you know everything about me, tell me what I'm thinking. So talk to me about how does this play in? What are they supposed to know about us, John? And how does, how does CRM figure in here? I don't think retailers today have an excuse for not knowing their customer. The, the technologies, the ability to understand the emotional, their buying patterns, everything is there in front of them. It's the ability to consolidate it, to create the consistency uh, of the experience. Um, I was thinking about this uh, topic earlier, and, and, and of course, I, I also often lament about the absence of the Sears catalog, but I also juxtapose yes. how much I enjoyed the Sears catalog when it existed. To, to today, I have some friends that have actually set up their homes to put a waste can by the front door so when they walk in from work at night, many of the mailers, the direct mailing, goes mm-hmm. right into that can. And not only does that have an environmental footprint, but it speaks volumes to the fact that retailers are being irrelevant to them. If that catalog's going right into the uh, waste can, it means that that retailer has misunderstood who that customer is. They wasted their marketing spend, and in doing so, they probably distance themselves from the customer. I like to think that we're in the the now of retail. Omnichannel needs to be in the now, and so many retailers, and I I have the good fortune to work with some that are going towards an omnichannel strategy. I don't think many retailers know what that means, though, and and they struggle to get to a common platform, a a common understanding of who the customer is. Uh, um, Earlier there was a discussion about the IKEA experience. I had one over the Mm -hmm. 4th of July. It was phenomenal. I had shopped on their site for two, two months to configure and figure out exactly what I want, I was able mm-hmm. to download the instructions to what I was going to assemble and actually rehearse the assembly because it took two days to put the dang thing together. It was a great experience overall, and I would gladly repeat it. And, I, and to reinforce what Ryan said earlier uh, about people going online, using digital devices to make product selection, I think they also use them to make the selection of the experience they want because I believe at the end of the day, retail should be about having this great experience around acquiring whatever it is. And and reinforcing it. So digital should reinforce the experience and align with whatever physicality it occurs. 
Thank you, John. And I, I want to go back to we're talking about the decisions that are made at the retail level, at the management level. Uh, Mark, I know you sent me a quote. This is the best time to be a CMO. We can talk about that. I'd like anybody to jump in on what's the mindset of the, I'll say the CMO. Let's just put that those letters right on the sweatshirt here of this person we're, just, we're talking about. Who makes the best CMO today who will make these decisions will be tapped in, tuned in, not tuned out to the social platform, to what customers want, to how to deliver the kind of experience Lisa Joy gave us and shared with us about the, this didn't work well, I'm in desperate need of this gift. OMG, try it again, call us, we'll do it, we'll ship it overnight. Wonderful experience. Who is at the head of the team that is in enabled and empowered to make these decisions? Who is today's best candidate for a really sharp, effective CMO? Who wants to take that? I'm opening, opening the floor. Well, I, I was going to chime in real quick. I think one of the things that John just talked about, effectively, the effective CMO, there's a realization that mass acquisition, when you get 4,000 direct mail pieces a year or you get 4,000 media touches a day, the fact is you have to look at, you have data, you have behavioral data, you have transactional data. We have to realize that human beings are inherently rational. What they may say in a focus group may not be exactly what they do, mm -hmm. but you have the ability to understand who your best customer is. You have an understanding of how they want to be marketed to. So why we're still trying to mass acquire and mass communicate to individuals is, is very challenging. I think that is this mindset that's still very prevalent in CMOs. You know, direct mail, I'm going to get in front. I'm going to get this piece in front of them. But if it doesn't resonate, and if this customer is not going to go through the stages to become a loyal brand advocate, you've wasted a ton of money in acquiring the wrong customer. I think we have to be very cognizant of how to acquire the right customer from day one. I think you're right. Bonnie, yeah, go ahead. Yes. This is Lisa Joy. So I think that, that the CMO has taken on this new incredibly – a complex amount of responsibility. They're now, I guess, a chief galvanizing officer because mm -hmm. what's happened with the advent of social media is that almost every department in some way can benefit from social insight, whether it's merchandising, customer service, market research, regulatory affairs, to some extent even HR. Everybody has an interest in understanding what their constituents are saying across mm -hmm. the social web. Understanding that is critical. So now the CMO, because social falls under quote-unquote marketing, has this new role. First of all, they've got to heavily partner with the CIO and still mm -hmm. figure out what that plan is for creating a single source of social media truth. And then they have to just be this catalyzing force across these departments to, to map out a strategy. And so, I mean, the CMOs are thinking really hard. I mean, this is a big data problem, a customer service problem, very, very complex across disciplines. And they're, they're, they're bringing in the troops to help them figure out how to do this. Does that make sense? It, it does make sense. John Werfel, I want you to talk to us a little bit about the function of CRM today. How do they keep all this data, this, this massive data, on who needs what and whose demographic is what and whether they should telemarket or they should drop mail or, or they should just give this person something on their, their iPhone when they walk in the store? How do you keep it all straight today, John? 
Well, on my way to answering that question, I'd like to go back to the CMO discussion, because if I was hiring a CMO today, I'd want to see neurosurgeon on their resume as well, because I believe in this day and age, <laughs> there needs to be a precision applied, there needs to be a, vis- a business science applied, a closed-loop system of measures that looks at contribution and effectiveness to the top and bottom line and market share, and how you do that is we're in an era of big data, so there's no excuse not to capture everything you can about your customer and and be able to uh, look at that data, operationalize it, and then act upon it. And I think that's where we're at today is is realizing that the way people emote on social media, uh, the way people are willing to trade information, the information about themselves in exchange for a loyalty participation or a special offer – gives the ability for retailers to get an unprecedented amount of insight into who that shopper is and then allow the retailer to make the, the arduous decision, is this shopper really within my brand? Does it make strategic sense? Or is mm-hmm. it someone that I should actually not be spending the money on? Because at the end of the day, it's all about return on market spend. We're, we're way past the days of the, the uh, spray and pray approach to marketing. And hey, I think we're still seeing I want to add one more thing. Real um, fast, Brian. I give you twenty seconds. Go ahead. CMO better be a good shopper. Yeah. <laughs> you listen, you're listening. <laughs> and we have a CMO. Lisa Joy Rosner is a CMO at NetBase. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. I'm not the CMO of anything other than just the glue that keeps all these brilliant people together. We are sharing insights on retailing today. How will you be a winner? And if you're a customer, how do you find the retailers who will make you feel like a winner? Talking to Christine Whittemore, Brian Kilcourse, Lisa Joy Rosner, Mark Johnson, John Werfel. When we come back, crystal ball time. The predictions from these great guests. What will retail look like in 2017? We'll be right back. Don't even think of touching that dial. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com everybody needs expert advice when they look to develop their personal brand join Rochelle McCrary for the leader and the muse Rochelle and her guests will bring you practical tips and tools to help you build your brand in ways that propel you into greater personal and business success for strategies stories and much more tune in to the Voice America Business Channel every Friday at noon Pacific Time 3 p.m. Eastern Time for the leader and the muse and get ready to take your brand to the next level when it comes to business you'll find the experts here voice america business network you're enjoying coffee break with game changers presented by sap to speak with Bonnie D. Graham and her guests, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. 
And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag pound sign S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. We have a quick note here on Twitter from Malcolm Kimberlin, who is also known as a co-producer of this show. And he says, I missed the Sears catalog, too. It gave me hours of make-believe. Thank you, Malcolm. Now it's time for Crystal Ball, talking about make-believe. But I think my guests are going to help us see the future very, very clearly. So let's start off in the order in which we started. We're going to start with Christine B. Whittemore. Tell me, five years from today, if you could look out that far, Christine, polish it off and tell me, what will retail look like in 2017? I'll give you one minute. Go. Well, the retailers we love to love will be the ones who are just so very focused on their customers. Um, they're going to use those insights that they get from uh, CRM systems and, and uh, other tools. Um, also, those retailers are going to be um, religious about permission and respecting the permission that customers give them so that they are relevant um, and provide value to those customers. Um, I think focus is really important. Um, there are retailers who are just so focused and true to their mission, and they will continue to be to be incredibly successful. Example that comes to mind there is uh, Trader Joe's. Wonderful. Thank you. Brian Kilcourse, RSR. Talk to me. 2017, what do you see? Well, one thing's for sure. Now that consumers have uh, have got the control of information or the power of information, they're not likely to give it up. So we see a, a world where there are, really are no channels. There's an experience, and the experience is designed to be relevant to the consumer. Uh, the, for example, the experience in the in the food in the food environment is different than the experience in the fashion environment. But these are these are experiences that are designed with input from consumers to be relevant to their lifestyle needs, and that is going to mean a blending of the of the digital and the physical domains. Very good to know. Thank you so much, Lisa Joy Rosner, our one and only CMO on today's show. You're the real deal. Do you have uh, neuroscience and, and surgery in your resume, Lisa Joy? You know, as a matter of fact, I do. But it's funny <laughs> that you asked me that perfect segue because I'm going to go a little minority report on everyone. Um, go ahead. Certainly not 2017, and I'm only somewhat joking that the retailers of the futures are going to be communicating with the chips that are embedded in, in uh, digital natives and their progeny's heads so that they can just get you know, the entire experience directly into their brains. Um, I, I can see that happening, not right now, but in the future. But, but getting down to, to really more grounded reality, one of the things that I'm starting to see that I'm getting kind of excited about uh, as to where the market's going to go is that what that device called the iPhone has done for everyone is taking, you know, a picture is worth a thousand words, and many people are expressing themselves with imagery. And so I think that retailers are going to form relationships with their consumers even more through understanding what's happening from an image perspective. Look at how quickly Pinterest became a very, very successful communication vehicle for the retail community. So I think understanding the stories that our customers are telling us via photographs and understanding imagery Mm -hmm. is one of the newer innovations that are going to be coming into the marketplace. 
Thank you very much. Let's turn to Mark Johnson, Loyalty 360. And, Mark, when you talk about 2017 or whatever year you want to look ahead to, I'd like you to talk a little bit, if you can, about the age of the consumer, about age groups. Uh, we haven't discussed that on the show, and I know it's very late to bring it in, but are you, is your research showing that older consumers who may not be Internet savvy and might not have that smartphone are basic loyalty on something else? Talk to me. Well, no, I think when you look at uh, data, everyone has data that's going to tell the story as, as they want to kind of prescribe it or ascribe it. I think there's challenges with, with different demographics. When you look at older demographics, they may not be as prevalent in the social mobile media, but they are becoming more and more actively engaged. But their response expectations are significantly higher than other generations. If they put something out through social media, there's an expectation of them to be responded to in a very timely manner. So as we've mentioned before, one of the things we talk about at Loyalty 360 is expectation management. I think brands that understand the expectations of their diverse audience will be the ones that succeed. Understanding the channels people want to be communicated in, the value proposition they're looking for from that brand, and being able to espouse back to them the relevant communications, the relevant offers, the relevant communiques that drive that behavior are going to be the ones that succeed not being able to understand the expectations, understanding the diverse data sets we have. As we've talked about, there's a ton of data out there, and the CMO is very challenged to be able to take that data and make actionable insight or take and create actionable insight from it. Human beings, as we talked about from the neuroscience perspective, are very rational. What they may say or tell you may not be actually what they do. So there's going to be a huge challenge as well. I think when we start looking at the neuroscience behavior, you have to have these diverse data sets to take what someone may say, what their expectations are, and how they responded to it. So having the a priori data and exposed data and being able to create effective communiques are going to be uh, very uh, effective and challenging for brands going forward. Thank you very much. And John Werfel, SAP. Future, I'm going to ask you to go for the future of CRM. Will it become more of a science, and will I no longer get advertisements from chimney-sweeping companies who have no clue that I live in a four-story apartment building and I don't have my own chimney? How will that happen? I hope so, Um, (laughs) except if you're watching a Mary Poppins movie. But the thing is, I think in 2017 we should hope to see a precise, real-time experience for the consumer that drives them to have a brand experience that will, I think, conversely spell the death of the printed coupon and probably the advent of the 200-inch LCD television as well. Okay, that's your, that's your, okay, you're giving me back a couple seconds here. Here's what I'm going to do. We have three minutes. I'm going to use up one of those by telling everybody what's coming up, my predictions for what's coming up on SAP Radio. Two minutes left, and then I'm going to ask you each to have a one-sentence word of advice to retailers in the future. So let me do my thing here. Wednesday, August 1st, coffee break with Game Trade. Is it really almost Wednesday, August 1st? What, what happened? Smart Grid Utility, shining the light on Big Data Part 2. How far into your home do you want the utility company to come? and make decisions about your consumption of power. And on August 8th, M2M, The Rise of the Machines. Woo, sounds like a movie. Our show, In the Cloud with Game Changers, is Thursdays, 1 p.m. Pacific, Thursday, tomorrow, July 26th, integrating the various clouds, the perfect storm. You don't want to miss that one if you know anything about cloud computing. And August 2nd, hey, it's your cloud after all, peer-to-peer networking communities. I'll do my shout-outs, and then we'll do a roundtable quickly. Thank you, Patricia Harris, Joan Sherlock, Malcolm Kimberly, and the Business Channel team. I appreciate all of your help, and I'll do my last shout-out when we're done. So let's quickly, I'll give you 15 seconds. Let's start off with Christine B. Whittemore, Simple Marketing Now. Just tell me really fast, one sentence to retailers, word to the wise. 
be passionately committed to walking in your customer's shoes so you deliver exactly the kind of experience that will uh, make them remember you forever. Perfect. Brian Kilcourse, 15 seconds. All you retail executives, find a millennial and go shopping with them and internalize what you see. Beautiful. Lisa Joy Rosner, NetBase, 10 seconds. I'm going to go to the other end of the spectrum. For those of you who think that your customer is not engaged in the social network, you'd be surprised. My great aunt Millie, who's 92, has a Facebook page and a Twitter account. Everything is part of the social conversation. <laughs> so jump in, understand what they're saying, engage, and keep delighting your consumers. There you go. My mom is older than she is and has two computers and is on email every day. Mark Johnson, 10 seconds. Go. I think to summarize what everyone has just said, make sure you're listening to all channels, truly listening and responding in accordance to the expectations of the consumer. Wonderful. John Werfel, 10 seconds. Go. The best of breed systems fragment the customer experience, breaking the customer into pieces that can't be managed cohesively. Okay, and I'm going to tell everybody my message for everybody listening. Go out and be a game changer for your company or be a game changer as a consumer. Have a great week and visit us on sapgamechangersradio.com. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Have a wonderful week. Talk to you next week here on Coffee Break with Game Changers. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the Coffee Break conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag pound sign S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Please join your host, Bonnie D. Graham, again next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.